Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled, What Does Romans Chapter 13 Say About Legalism and Pandemic Life? Part 1. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning international audience. We also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Happy New Year to you all. May we find that 2021 is a far better year than 2020. We have been through a lot already. However, it is not fully over yet. The last days, dare I say, are upon us. Globally, there are larger record-setting forest fires, diseases everywhere, floods everywhere, unrest everywhere, in many places around the world, and now, a global pandemic. Not a rosy outlook to start a new year. However, if you are saved by Christ, you are fully sold out to Christ, then you have both an inner peace instilled by the Holy Spirit and inner happiness that this life is nearing its end. Something new and really exciting is about to occur. This week, we will do an in-depth examination of Romans chapter 13. It is recently said that this chapter speaks about legalism and pandemic life. One must first ask, how does Romans chapter 13 do that? That chapter speaks of submission to civil government, an exhortation to love neighbors, and motivation to godly conduct. Legalism and pandemic life are not mentioned specifically in this passage, as some have said it does. Pastors, respected pastors, with large numbers of followers, are teaching that Romans chapter 13 speaks of legalism and pandemic life. Let us dig into this scripture and see if what we are told by these pastors really is true. Our scripture reference reads, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except by God's appointment, and the authorities that exist have been instituted by God. So the person who resists such authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will incur judgment, for rulers cause no fear for good conduct, but for bad. Do you desire not to fear authority? Do good and you will receive its commendation, for it is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be in fear, for it does not bear the sword in vain. It is God's servant to administer retribution on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to be in subjection not only because of the wrath of the authorities, but also because of your conscience. 
For this reason, you also pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants devoted to governing. Pay everyone what is owed, taxes to whom taxes are due, revenue to whom revenue is due, respect to whom respect is due, honor to whom honor is due. Romans chapter 13 verses 1 through 7. The first thing to notice, is this passage speaking of legalism and pandemic life, or not so much? Typically, in my Bible anyway, legalism is frequently referred to indirectly by addressing the acts. Typically, in my Bible anyway, legalism is frequently referred to indirectly by addressing the acts specifically that are in fact legalistic without necessarily using the word legalism or any of its forms. The actual word legalism is very infrequently used in the scriptures found in my Bible. This means legalism is spoken of in the form it is displayed in human nature and the actions of people whether God's own children or not. Let us look at some commentary to see just what we might be talking about here. Commentary starts with a word phrase from verse 1. Let every soul, every person. In the first seven verses of this chapter, the Apostle discusses the subject of the duty which Christians owe to civil government a subject which is extremely important and at the same time exceedingly difficult. There is no doubt that he had expressed reference to the peculiar situation of the Christians at Rome, but the subject was of so much importance that he gives it a general bearing and states the great principles on which all Christians are to act. The circumstances which made this discussion proper and important were the following. 1. The Christian religion was designed to extend throughout the world, yet it contemplated the rearing of a kingdom amid other kingdoms, an empire amid other empires. Christians professed supreme allegiance to the Lord Jesus Christ. He was their lawgiver, their sovereign, their judge. It became, therefore, a question of great importance and difficulty what kind of allegiance they were to render to earthly magistrates. From Barnes' New Testament Notes We find ourselves in the same place today. We face today the same issue, the question of great importance and difficulty. What kind of allegiance do we render to earthly magistrates? Today, magistrates are referred to more by a myriad of titles, from president to police officer, and everything in between. And, quote, earthly magistrate, end quote, today, is just about anyone in law enforcement and governance over a people that forms a society. Today, in America, 
The first thing we think of when we hear the word magistrate is a judge in a court of law. That could be age-dependent since the word magistrate is long out of use in American English. So, hopefully, that helps to clear up in modern language what a magistrate is by modern definition and how we today should think when reading that word in the Bible. Notice, too, what this commentary passage also said, quoting, The Apostle discusses the subject of the duty which Christians owe to civil government, a subject which is extremely important and at the same time exceedingly difficult. The reason this commentary passage brings this to light is because it is no different for us today. We are children of the Supreme Creator. God. This makes obeying human law and rules exceedingly difficult. The most glaring question this invokes is, what of man's law do I obey without breaking God's law when I obey man's law? This Romans passage is telling us to obey man's law because those in governance and enforcement of it are set in place by God himself. How does that work? This is why commentary said, a subject which is extremely important and at the same time exceedingly difficult. In many countries, it is a law to obey speed limit signs when you drive. There is no way that this conflicts with God's law, thus, It is a human law we should, according to this scripture passage, obey. However, suppose a law was created allowing people to murder others at will. God's law is quite clear and superior here, and thus it is required of us to obey before and above such a law of our land. This is why commentary just said, a subject which is extremely important and at the same time exceedingly difficult. Simply put, knowing when to obey human law and when to disobey human law in favor of God Almighty, given what is written here in Romans chapter 13, is a very difficult course to navigate when trying to satisfy sinful leaders and a holy God. That right there is the portion of this commentary, which said, at the same time, exceedingly difficult. Now, commentary has several points to make, so let's look at number two. The kingdoms of the world were then pagan kingdoms. The laws were made by pagans and were adapted to the prevalence of heathenism. Those kingdoms had been generally founded in conquest and blood and oppression. Many of the monarchs were blood-stained warriors, were unprincipled men, and were polluted in their private and oppressive in their public character. 
whether Christians were to acknowledge the laws of such kingdoms and of such men was a serious question, and one which could not but occur very early. It would occur also very soon in circumstances that would be very affecting and trying. Soon, the hands of these magistrates were to be raised against Christians in the fiery scenes of persecution, and the duty and extent of submission to them became a matter of very serious inquiry. From Barnes' New Testament Notes That second point, in commentary, has to have legal and political echoes of the times we now live in if you are investigating worthy and truthful global news reports. Remember, too, that monarchs are the only leaders that would be newsworthy people and leaders in those days. There were no branches of government in those days as there is now, leastwise in America. There was also no middle class of people such as there is in America despite its disappearing so America descends into an upper class and lower class of peoples. With that said, we can imagine that things were different and may be worse then than they are now. Maybe we are more civilized today than in those biblical, historical days. Nonetheless, globally, it seems the Roman Empire that never died but went away is now making a return. However, we are digressing off topic, but take note nonetheless. Notice what commentary said. The laws were made by pagans and were adapted to the prevalence of heathenism. Those kingdoms had been generally founded in conquest and blood and oppression. Many of the monarchs were blood-stained warriors, were unprincipled men, and were polluted in their private and oppressive in their public character. Whether Christians were to acknowledge the laws of such kingdoms and of such men was a serious Question. As seemingly different as life seems for us today, we have to ask the question what is really different today? Maybe we can make the case for the fact that pagans and heathenism no longer exist. However, I contend here in America, pagans and heathens simply went underground until an appointed right time presents the new opportunity for them to rise again. Personally, I believe, at the very least, we are knocking on that door to arouse them so they rise again. Time will tell. Today, we could even say kingdoms no longer exist, but, if so, what are countries? Is not, quote, country, end quote, nothing more than a modern kingdom? America, today, is a country. Russia, today, is a country. However, are both not kingdoms given how they rule their respective peoples? 
how their peoples followed their leaders in those two countries? America and Russia are not alone. Maybe today we do not see blood-stained warriors as our leaders, but what of unprincipled men and women? Such men and women are polluted in their private character, and those in a position of power are often oppressive in their public character in new ways. If you look around the globe, you can see it today. It does seem we are making a biblical case here in Romans 13 for legalism without saying the word legalism. Can we also make the same assessment for pandemic life in these dreary days? So far, not yet. So let us keep digging. 3. Many of the early Christians were composed of Jewish converts, yet the Jews had long been under Roman oppression and had borne the foreign yoke with great uneasiness. The whole heathen magistracy they regarded as founded in a system of idolatry as opposed to God and his kingdom and as abomination in his sight. With these feelings, they had become Christians, and it was natural that their former sentiments should exert an influence on them after their conversion. How far they should submit, if at all, to heathen magistrates was a question of deep interest, and there was danger that the Jewish converts might prove to be disorderly and rebellious citizens of the empire. From Barnes' New Testament Notes Yes, as you should be able to see, this subject gets more difficult with this increased understanding. Notice what commentary said, which has bearing on us today. It read, The whole heathen magistracy they regarded as founded in a system of idolatry as opposed to God and his kingdom and as abomination in his sight. With these feelings, they had become Christians, and it was natural that their former sentiments should exert an influence on them after their conversion. These new Christians, just like us today, share a common problem. Our spiritual commitment conflicting dramatically with our new walk in Christ. Even this passage we are studying can pose issues of understanding that make finding our way in this matter extremely difficult. Is it any wonder, even after our conversion to Christ, what we today have conflicting issues? Just how do we find our proper way in Christ through all of this, especially while living in a global pandemic? 4. Nor was the case much different with the Gentile converts. They would naturally look with abhorrence on the system of idolatry which they had just forsaken. They would regard all as opposed to God. They would denounce the religion of the pagans as abomination. 
and as that religion was interwoven with the civil institutions, there was danger also that they might denounce the government altogether and be regarded as opposed to the laws of the land. From Barnes' New Testament Notes Just when you thought this could not get any worse or more complicated, the Gentiles, of whom made the rest of the converted world outside the Jewish people in the day, have pretty much the same thinking and feelings as the converted Jews. That is a huge showstopper. What did Romans 13 verse 1 say? For clarity it read, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except by God's appointment, and the authorities that exist have been instituted by God. Now look what verse 2 and 3 says. So the person who resists such authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will incur judgment, for rulers cause no fear for good conduct, but for bad. That is the end of the sentence. The verse continues, even though we will stop right there for the moment. So, we have to figure out why, in light of these verses, how anyone obviously saved by Christ, according to commentary, can disobey the laws of the land as we are examining. I say that because of what Scripture just said. It would seem there is no condition or conditions of not obeying your laws of your land as what commentary has already said people were doing in biblical times. Unless there is something we are missing right now, it would seem there is a huge conflict or contradiction here. We will continue looking at this matter next week in part two of our passage here. We will need to see if there are any comments or implications in this passage about pandemic life. So far, not so much. Play or download next week's episode, What Does Romans Chapter 13 Say About Legalism and Pandemic Life? Part 2 from one of our podcast hosts, or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched, currently an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Thank you all so much. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. If you are unsafe, we truly hope you find God 
as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to Be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is also found at the bottom of any episode description. If you go to our internet homepage, under the podcast menu item, you can find many popular podcast platforms we are found on. If you would rather search for us, please use the search phrase, Church of the Un, insert dash symbol, Church, to find us on a podcast platform like iTunes, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, or Spotify, to name a few. Note, please use the dash symbol and not the word dash when you search for us. We refresh all our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sundays, U.S. time. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us, and by grace gave us eternal comfort and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good thing you do or say. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.